This podcast is proud to be part of the TalkSport Fan Network. TalkSport. Powered by fans. The TalkSport Fan Network is proudly supported by McDelivery, bringing you the food you love. McDelivery brings a top-tier lineup of food right to your door. No matter the result, you'll always be winning with McDelivery. So the only thing left to say is, you in? Order now on the McDonald's app. You can also get reward points delivered too. So the ordering today means some tasty rewards for tomorrow. Only via app at participating restaurants. 18 plus. Rewards registration required. Points only on menu items. Delivery fee and terms apply. See mcdonalds.com. The TalkSport Fan Network is proudly teaming up with Free for Mental Health Awareness Week this year. As football fans, we often pride ourselves on knowing everything, from which substitution can turn the game around to the quickest route home to beat the crowds. However, when it comes to discussing feelings with our friends, we might not always feel as confident. That's why we're here to equip you with the right tools so you can reach out to those who can help. If your mates are struggling, let them know that the Samaritans are free to call on 116123. That's 116123. They are there to listen without judgment or pressure, 24-7, 365 days of the year. Let's all take a moment to talk more than football. Hi everyone, welcome to Back of the Nest. I'm your presenter, Chris Clark, and with me in the studio is Patrick O'Connor. How are you doing, Patrick? I'm good, Chris. How are you today? I've been ill all week, um, and today's the first day I'm starting to feel vaguely human again, um, you know, looking out the window and things, um, and looking forward to the Luton match, which um, I'm actually going to, one of the few people who seem to get a ticket, which <laughs> nice. I'm smug about. So, yeah. Um, yeah, um, we'll, we'll rattle straight in with um, a few kind of item news items. Um, we have to start with the fact that um, it's been an international break, so obviously a bit quiet in terms of Palace news. But right. excellent to see Mark Gay get a lot of match time um, covering for John Stones for England. Did you catch either of the games, Patrick? I did catch the first match, the Malta match, a 2-0 win. Uh Again, neither one of the matches were important because England already qualified. But I, I did catch the, the first game. It was televised over here in America. I did not catch the second game. But from all accounts, the 1-1 was very boring. It was a lot of people complaining about it, uh, how poor it was. So, but I did catch the first game. And, and again, he played well in both games from what I hear. Again, he played well in the first game. I saw that game. And the second game, you know, they did fall behind 1-0. But for all accounts, like, they already played pretty decently in that game. So I'm glad he got the game under his belt. Hopefully it'll be, he'll make the... Uh, the Euro 24 squad and hopefully get some game time next next summer. Definitely sounds like he's made his case. So, yeah, thanks. Yeah, definitely. Um, I agree, yeah. So, as I said, I mean, it's been international break, so not um, so much um, in the way of Palace news. The club's been filling in the gap on social media with anniversaries for, of Danny Butterfield's hat-trick, Nigel <laughs> Martin becoming the first million-pound goalkeeper, Dougie Friedman's 100th Palace goal in a win against Brighton in 2005. Um and also um, looking over at the women's team, um, they, they're playing tonight as we're recording. Um, they but are, right. They also um, lost 4-3 to Southampton on Sunday, um, but it's worth drawing out the positive from that, which was it was a record attendance at Selhurst with 4,442 tickets sold. So well done um, to them, and hopefully um, you know they'll get a better result in the game this evening. And we'll see that trend continue of um, fans taking the opportunity to give young people, especially girls, their opportunity to see 
the see the the team playing red and blue at Selhurst with a nice as part of a nice big crowd. So very very welcome. That the other thing, less positive, you know, we have to touch on Roy Hodgson's comments in an interview this week. Um, I know that um, you know it's it's probably already been done to death on Twitter X, whatever you want to call it. Um, but I'm just going to draw out that quote briefly. We'll have a quick conversation about it and then move on. Um, so. Uh, those of us in the Premier League, this is Roy Hodgson speaking, those of us in the Premier League have to accept we are in a very privileged position to play in this league and offer our fans the quality of football they can see at home every week. We hope every year we can, we'll do a bit better. That's a clear ambition, but so many factors are going to play a part. I'm tired of hearing people talk about moving to the next level because moving to the next level reminds me of Charlton. Uh, and obviously a lot of fans have drawn a contrast uh, with what Steve Parrish said on the pitch at the end of last season, which was, we are going to take this club to the next level. Um, Matt Woosnam's had a piece on this in The Athletic, so you might want to read up on that. Like I said, I don't want to do this to death, um, but any comments or thoughts on that, Patrick? I didn't listen to the interview. Um, you know my thoughts on Roy Hodgson being at Palace now. Yeah, I'm not surprised at the comments by him because, again, when he was rehired for this, you know, for the this season, I knew we were never going to go anywhere. I don't understand why he feels the need to make those comments. Anyway, it just frustrates me more and people who are like-minded like me. I mean, to think that, to be 10 years in the Premier League and not want to push on, I think that's a, that is a big deal, a ridiculous comment. I've heard the Charlton comment or the comparison so many times. Charlton was 20, 20 years ago. It's a long, long time ago. To compare us to Charlton is ridiculous. I don't care about the fact they're a South London club, one of our rivals, etc. I just don't understand the comments. And again, it just it just continues to frustrate me that he's that he's here. I, I've said it before on his on his pod. I'll continue to say I can't wait for the season to be over. Honestly, because if that's the mindset the manager's going to have as a fan, who by the way is traveling next week to America uh, to England to watch three matches under Roy Hodgson, that will be a lot of fun for me. But again, I'm not doing it for him. I'm doing it because I'm a Palace supporter. And I'm looking forward to the games. But again, that's just a, those comments are ridiculous. I can't believe I actually said them out loud, but it is what it is. Yeah, you've, you've jumped ahead to the, the next thing I was going to ask you, um, really. West Ham away is now sold out. Um, yeah. So, yeah, when, when that game happens, you'll, you'll be there. Yep. Looking forward to it? I really am. I mean, the last match I saw Palace live, well, that's not, well, in England was the FA Cup final against United. I did yeah. see them, obviously, this summer. Uh, in Detroit so I've actually seen this team play but I'm looking forward to it listen I'm always happy to go home England is my home I was born there I've got loads of family three brothers tons of nieces and nephews cousins um, so I'm really looking forward to it and I, I, I've always I always love going to watch Paddy's play even when it's even when you know the mood for me isn't you know 100% great but no I'm looking forward to it a lot Never met you in person, Chris. Looking forward to that. And a couple other people uh, I'll be seeing. I've met Nick before, Hambo, but looking forward to seeing. I might even get to see DR. I've actually never met DR yeah. in person before. That'd be nice. You know, I've met Terrence before and a few of the others. So I'm really looking forward to it. I mean, listen, uh, great people and great people over there. Again, great fans. I mean, I love the atmosphere at Celeste, even though sometimes it's not as great as it always can be. But no, I'm looking forward to it a lot. And I've never been to a, a West Ham away game. So that would be particularly uh, fun for me. But yeah. 100% looking forward to it a lot. So, yeah, can't wait. Fantastic. And, yeah, we're, we're clearly doing an end-to-end show today in terms of ups and downs. Because um, <laughs> now I have to um, you know, talk about a, a slightly more difficult personal subject, which is that um, 
people may be wondering why there's only two of us on the show uh, today. And yeah. the reason for that, um, if you weren't aware, is that our very own Nick Gillard um, had a cancer diagnosis last year. He's been through a lot of difficult treatments. Um, I'm pleased to say you know, that it's all going to plan thus far in the sense that, so today he had some treatment um, for prostate cancer um, and he's asked us to kind of, you know, send um, his best wishes to all of you, um, but also to encourage um, those of you who might be in that kind of high-risk demographic. Um, I'm sure that there, um, I don't know how many, you know, men over 50 we have listening to this show. Frankly, I suspect it might be a reasonable number. Um, you're in the high-risk group, if that's the case. Um, there are particular symptoms, things like needing to go to the uh, loo a lot or uh, having difficulty doing it as well. Um, it's a quick and easy test. Um, there are various ways of doing it, but if you're over 50 and you're a man, you can, um, you're at risk of that and you can, and you should get yourself checked, uh, contact your GP and get it done, uh, because it could save your life. Yeah. Um, first I want to say, uh, get well, uh, soon to Nick, obviously. And again, as a person in that demographic, and I've had that test, I highly recommend it also, because it's the best thing you can do for yourself on a personal note. So definitely, uh, if you can, Please to have that have yourself checked. Thanks, Patrick. Love you, Nick. Um, all the best. Yeah. Uh, looking forward to having you back on the show and um, seeing you at games in the next few weeks. And yeah, you know, love you and your family. And looking forward to you know many many year, more years of going to games with you. Hundred percent. So we'll move on now to. Um, I know we always say this. Do we have to talk about the game? Um, so uh, it's Luton. We mentioned that um, at uh, Kenilworth Road. Uh, for many, for many people, that's that'll be a ground they haven't been to for a very, very long time. Last time I went was in two thousand and five. Um, I'm gonna start by just drawing out now. In terms of the the way we're gonna talk this through. Um, I'm going to do a couple of stats. I'm going to kind of jump ahead of um, Patrick's Statman Pat feature, um, <laughs> which is a just just observations because I just thought we'd, we'd have a quick look at the table and you know the results that they've had thus far. Right. Um, they've won one game in twelve, which was against Everton. Um, draws against Wolves, Forest, and Liverpool. Goals for ten. Goals against twenty-two. So their goal difference is minus twelve. Only four of those goals was at home. They've got six points so far. That puts them 17th, and they'd be 18th if it wasn't for Everton's points deduction. Their right. form over their last six game is, games is lost, drawn, lost, drawn, lost. So, I mean, it looks like a nailed-on win for them against us, right? <laughs> <laughs> we do like to do 100%. Uh, other teams a favour. Um, but so I've, I've drawn a few stats out there. Um, what have you got for us this week, Patrick? Well, um, this is going to be our first meeting uh, in the Premier League ever versus Luton because, again, our previous times we met them has just been in, in the old first division, so that would be interesting. Um, the first time we met them, I thought this is the uh, the uh, the next step. You want to guess the first meeting between Luton and uh, Crystal Palace? I mean, it's always way before you were born, isn't it? So, exactly. I mean, I'm going to go 1920s, I don't know, 1925? Very good, you had it. It was actually 1920. Uh, Palace won two to one. Um, as far as I'm concerned, the, the in the, the best season as far as Palace versus Luton was 78, 79. Year. We got promoted the year, my last year living in England uh, fully. 
the the team in the 80s, we actually beat them twice that season. Once one nil away, and we beat them three one at home. So that was great. Um, and this is going to be our first meeting since two thousand six two thousand seven. And in that meeting, the home sides won both. Both of the games were two to one. So there's that. So and our but but the last Palace win. I'll end with this. The last Palace win was April nineteen ninety four. A one nil Palace win. Want to guess Chris at the Palace goal scorer? I will give you a hint. He's a former. How can I do this uh, without cheating? Former manager. I want national team manager. So you got two people you can probably guess. Yeah, from that, from those clues, it's got to be Chris Coleman. It was very good, excellent. Yep, Chris Coleman scored. Yep. So there we are. So nice one. Well, that, those are yeah. those are two nice stats um, there in terms of uh, you know the previous games. Um, right. There was one I picked up on the BBC just in terms of I had a, I had a look at um, who scored. Of course, if it, you know if there are people listening who haven't familiarised themselves with the depth of stats you can get, you can get really into yeah. the territory. Um, but that shows that it looks like Alfie Doughty, if that's how you pronounce his name, is one of um, their better players. Yes. And the stat I saw on the BBC was only Liverpool's Mohamed Salah. And Aston Villa's Mohamed Moussa Diaby have created more chances for a teammate than Luton's Alfie Darty has for Colton Morris, which is eight chances for that one player in this season's league. And um, then there's loads of other stats as well, but I'm, I'm not going to go right. into all that depth um, because we're going to just talk about how we're feeling about the game now because we've, we've done we've done the stats, we've done the dry numbers, right. it's moving to feelings. Um, so we've already kind of touched on. Um, optimism or not. Let's talk about the predicted lineup. Um, at least, I mean, the, the well, as always, we're recording. Away days are great, but there's nothing quite like playing at home. The same goes for McDonald's. Maximise your home ground advantage with McDelivery. You in? Order now on the McDonald's app. At participating restaurants, 18 plus, serving times, delivery fee, and terms apply. See McDonald's.com. The TalkSport Fan Network is proudly teaming up with Free for Mental Health Awareness Week this year. As football fans, we often pride ourselves on knowing everything, from which substitution can turn the game around to the quickest route home to beat the crowds. However, when it comes to discussing feelings with our friends, we might not always feel as confident. That's why we're here to equip you with the right tools so you can reach out to those who can help. If your mates are struggling, let them know that the Samaritans are free to call on 116123. That's 116123. They are there to listen without judgment or pressure. 24 7, 365 days of the year. Let's all take a moment to talk more than football. Boarding this before the press conference when injury news comes out, but there's not been any rumblings that I've seen in media that um, any of our players have come back with injuries. So, off the back of that, you'd have to say, um, you know, hopefully we're going to have a full squad to select from, um, apart from any pre-existing injuries. So what, what's your prediction, prediction then, Patrick, in terms of the 11 for Palace? Well, a couple of things. Um, I noticed that um, as far as international duty, Chris Richards was playing for the US team, but wasn't selected for the two matches. He's healthy, but just didn't play. I know Czech Decore played in one of the two Mali games, which was good because he hadn't played, started for our last match. Jefferson Loma played in both the Columbia games. Columbia actually beat Brazil in one of the games, which is a tremendous result for them. So he played what uh, Joachim Anderson played for Denmark 
Uh, yesterday he played, and I guess they lost to Northern Ireland. They lost to yesterday, so they've already qualified for the Euros. So he played. Uh, we talked about Mark Gahey playing. Johnson did not play, but he's not injured. So I think we're going to be we're, we're pretty uh, good as far as fitness. I will share one little personal fact. My brother was in Dubai um, this weekend, and he bumped into uh, Mark uh, into uh, Michael Lise and Ebrecha Eze. We're in the same hotel. So obviously he must have gotten the weekend off the players, but the fact that Lise was with Eze probably means he's probably closer to fitness, which is good. So from a predictive uh, lineup standpoint, I'm going to go with the same back four. Um, so obviously John Stone in goal, Gahey Anderson, Mitchell. I'd love to see Richards go to right back, but it's not going to happen. It'll be Joel Ward most likely. Midfield, they'll have Lerma and hopefully Decorey's back for Will Hughes, hopefully. Um, and then hopefully for me, You'd have Eze, Olise, and Ayu. Ayu also, by the way, played for Ghana over the break, and he he's not injured. And up front, you'd have uh, Boston Edwards. So hopefully, like I just basically, I'd like to see um, Decoy back in the midfield with um, Eze starting, and obviously Olise back on the uh, right side with Ayu on the left. I think that's the best one we can put up right, put out there right now until obviously the uh, January when the um, window opens again. So. Yeah, well, that that sounds like a squash swashbuckling eleven that will be fun to watch. So I, I, I agree. Right. I mean, there's, there is always the reality of of Jeffrey Schluck um, and likelihood. <laughs> yes, given yes. that um, or Will Hughes, or Will Hughes. Yeah. So. Well, this is the yeah. thing. After after me, uh, Roy Hodgson is Jeffrey Schluck's biggest fan. So you know, the, <laughs> that's very true. <laughs> there is a high chance that we'll still get to see him at some point in the game. Um, I think it's fair to say. But you know what, Chris? I will say, I thought he played well against um, Everton. So, you know, I just prefer to see, obviously, Decore because of what he brings with Lerma. But as far as last game, I think, I, I just going back to Everton, it was a terrible loss. But offensively, we were very good going forward. It's just that we just defensively were awful. But like you said, um, uh, Hodgson loves Schlupp. But again, he played well last game. So who knows? He might start, he might not. Well, you know, either way, let, let's hope that, you know, it's a form performance. Um I don't think there's a huge amount more to draw out, to be honest. I mean, I'm going to briefly do um, the pub section that I normally do with away games. Um, now, Luton's a bit of an interesting place. It's, um, I mean, most people don't have very much nice to say about it. Uh, I do know one of its MPs, who is a very nice um, person and a friend of mine, um, called Sarah Owen. Um, so she's great. But... Um, Having looked at it, I mean, it's, it's also a town where, I mean, Tommy Robinson is associated with this club, Stephen Yaxley Lennon, the racist thug. So not, um, you know, as to paraphrase Kevin Keegan, I'll love it if we beat them. Um, but moving on to the pub thing, I mean, as ever, there's always that dread factor of home fans only signs outside. Um, mm-hmm. I suspect we may have a little bit of that problem uh, with this game. Uh, police may be on alert. Not so much about us, but about them. Who knows? Yeah. Either way, there's there's one really nice real ale pub from what I've seen um, called the Bricklayer's Arms. Um, I wouldn't recommend trying to go in there in colours um, from what I've read, um, but I've, I've been on a, a Facebook group, which I'd recommend for others, called um, Real Ale Football Away Days, and asked for, for pub recommendations, and that was the number one pick from lots and lots of people. And some said that they'd been there supporting the opposing team last season and hadn't had any okay. issues. So that's where I'm planning to go. Bricklayer's Arms. See you there. 
Um, and if not, then you'll see me at about one minute past 12 trying to work out where we're going next. Uh, there was a list of other options, which um, if you tweet me at Chris Clark, um, at Chris Clark CPFC, um, if you can't get into that pub um, and on Saturday, and we'll I'll let you know where we're heading instead. So we'll quick move question, on. Chris. Hey, quick what's question, that? Though. Um, yeah. Quick question. Mm-hmm. Kenilworth Road as as a as a venue is very unique. You know, obviously the way they built it. Can you talk a little bit about like how different it is than like other home ground that you've been to. I'm oh, sorry, away grounds you've been to. Well, I mean, it was it was one of my first away games, you know. I mean, because this okay. was 2005, I went there, and I didn't realise right. that it was special and different. I did find it weird, um, right? You know, walking through what seemed to be a housing estate, and of course it is. You know, we've now seen seen it is literally houses right. on the, back of the ground. Um, right. It's absolutely crackers. If you haven't um, seen this in person, um, just Google Luton Town away end entrance. And you will see the photos of the houses on right. either side of it. Very um, unique. Yeah. I remember walking through a little alleyway to get in there, and I've never been in anything like it. But I, I like a traditional um, football ground that's in in the place it's actually from, rather than an industrial estate outside, modern right. purpose built place with no atmosphere. I wasn't really in a position to um, judge the atmosphere that that year because I think it was about my third away game. Like I say, okay. Um, so, but my memories of it were that it was intense. We weren't good. It's fair to say right. when I when I was there, <laughs> it's the um, probably the, the first time that I ever heard the c word users used as an adverb. Um, I'm not going to say that <laughs> we'd get the sticker um, on oh, yeah. the CD of this show, meaning parental advisory. But right. yeah, it it was definitely an intimidating atmosphere and a good, but a good atmosphere. And I enjoy, I very much enjoyed the trip. But ironically, I'd actually um, flown back from New York that morning and from a holiday oh. out there. So interesting. Uh, first time I'd ever been <laughs> to Manhattan. Um, and we got, got yeah. back and got straight on the Thames straight on. from um, oh, wow. um, up to Luton. So yeah, crazy, crazy memories. That. But it, it's, amazing. I mean, there, there were a lot of people who wanted tickets for this game and it was a very small allocation. Yeah, because of the ground right side, yeah, right? So it's very, you know, very unfortunate. A lot of people haven't been able to make it this year, but hopefully it'll be, um, you know, it'll be a good day out for those that are able to make it. Yeah, got you. Okay, interesting. Yeah. So the the last thing I know you hate predictions, Patrick. <laughs> um, we've already done a little bit in terms of the stat stuff. Um, what are you what are you thinking about this game? You know, in terms of a uh, predicted final result. Well, here's the thing, right? This is a game that we have to, at minimum, get a point out of. We can't afford to lose it. The Everton game. I mean, we're not in danger of relegation. I would say, obviously, right? But you know, based on what Hodgson's saying, we're also not in danger of of top ten. But with Luton now away, and then the follow up fixture being. West Ham away, again, I'll be there, hope, you know, thankfully. You've got Bournemouth, then you've got Liverpool home, Man City away, Brighton home, Chelsea away, Brentford away, Arsenal. Sorry, Brentford home, Arsenal away. After this, after the uh, the, the, the Luton game, we have we, there is maybe one or two games I would say we've got a real good chance of winning. And that'll be Bournemouth and then one, maybe one other. So we can't afford to lose this game. We just cannot. Now, I've noticed that um, we've won five of our last 11 away games under Hodgson since he returned, which is pretty decent, almost half of them. Um, I talked about, you know, the last time we we played 
They were the two ones. I'm going to actually go for a 1-1 a draw. Not because I don't think we can win the game, but I'm just not comfortable with the way we're playing right now. I would take a point. I think we need the three, but I would take a point. I think going for a draw is always obviously the bailout option. So I'll just go with a 1-1 and see if yeah. we go from there. Fair enough. Um, I'm going to go with a big win, actually. I'm, I'm going 3-0 Palace. And, nice. Um, that's because... You know, I, I think we've, we're seeing the shackles come off. We saw this last season um, when we had a run of winnable games and when you had Eze and Elise in particular playing together and enjoying playing together. And I think we're going to see that in this game and it's going to be um, the start of a positive run. I hope I'm right. Um, let's see what people said on Twitter. Uh, Nick asked a while ago... Um, what what people's predictions were for the game. Exile Selhurst says 2-0 win to Palace. Um, Cav, Cav Paul, uh, says 2-0 Palace. Um, Lynn, CPSE, says it's got draw written all over it. So more um, a woman after your own mind, Patrick. Um, and Tony Stewart says Palace to win 3-0. So a lot of common ground in those uh, predictions. Wait, um, I have I have two more predictions. Because okay. I'm, I'm also part of the um, the YouTube um, preview show, so I'm actually gonna um, mess up their their, their show. But um, AJ has two nil Palace, and Stan has two nil Palace. So we've got a lot of optimism for the uh, positive results. So you see what happens. Besides me, of course, but that's me. Nice one. And I've just remembered that um, a feature that Nick had introduced um, called Ref Watch, uh, which has. I'm not absolutely confident as to how we get these stats out, but um, the ref in this game on Saturday is uh, called Jared Gillett. Um, I think he's new, isn't he? Work, I don't think he's refed a game. Uh, yeah, he sounds think. new. Yeah, he sounds new. Yeah, um, looking at it, it looks like he's only refed 14 top-level games. Most of those, not all of those were Prem either. There's an international game in there, two international games in there. Um, and at least one or two championship games. So, not yeah. He's oh yeah. So there we go. Yeah, he's not he's not done a lot basically at this um, at this level in the Premier League. He's ref four games, home wins twenty five percent. So three uh, one home win and three away wins. So may, I don't know. Maybe that maybe there is reason to be optimistic after all. Wait, you missed you missed the um, the most important thing. He's not English. He's Australian. He's one oh. of those foreign, foreign, yeah, he's one of those foreign um, 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 referees that they recently hired. So hopefully he'll be half decent. Yeah, he's from the A-League, actually, yeah. Mm. This is his well, second season in the Premier League, yeah. Well, he definitely can't be worse than the people we've had up to now. So <laughs> I agree. Anything's better than what we've been having in the Premier League. I agree with that 100%. So I think we're in a position to wrap this show up. Um, quite a tight one. Um, nice, and, nice and short. Punchy for your commute. Um, so... Uh, the after the game, they'll will have the usual um, review um, team. The match report team will with Hambo um, and Co will review the game on Sunday, so that should be in your feed Sunday evening, Monday morning. Um, and uh, you know, all I can say really is, I hope you're able to watch the game. If you're not, you know, if you're if you're there, I'll see you there. Hopefully, if you're not there, then um, I hope you enjoy it. Um, and all that remains to be said is all the best again to Nick and come on you Palace The TalkSport Fan Network is proudly teaming up with three for Mental Health Awareness Week this year 
Beyond the pitch, beyond the results, we're here to connect fans, getting them to embrace the highs and lows of supporting your club. Because we're not just fans, we're a team. With two in three football fans having struggled with their mental health, we understand that life off the pitch can present its own challenges. That's why we're committed to ensuring you have the tools to stay connected with your friends and fellow supporters. Take a moment to connect with your mates. A simple text or an open conversation can make a world of difference. And if they don't respond right away, don't hesitate to follow up. Let's all take a moment to talk more than football. It's the 90th minute. All your mates around. You've got your McNugget share boxes ready to go. Your mates already got booked for double dipping and you steal the last nugget, snatching all three points. Perfect. Order McDelivery now on the McDonald's app. You in? At participating restaurants, 18 plus, serving times, delivery fee and terms apply. See mcdonalds.com. This podcast is proud to be part of the TalkSport Fan Network. TalkSport. Powered by fans.